Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big God bless you. That's a pretty nice compliment. <laughs> Hallelujah. You might <laughs> thank you. You may be seated if you can. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I got up this morning and I put a coat and tie on. And I touched the window of the hotel. I said, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a southern boy. So I went back, put my jeans on. So I hope you don't mind me dressing like that, because when I walk, I ran to Randy's car. <laughs> We're not used to this kind of, y'all think it's probably a heat wave, but not to us, you know. And God is so good and gracious. Thank you, Nikki, for saying those wonderful things. You know, I have learned something. I stick with the Word of God. And when you stick with the Word of God, you get criticized constantly. You called everything they call Jesus. So I'm in a good, good area. They called Jesus a blasphemer. They called me one. You know, they called, you know, Jesus was blessed and they got mad at him. They, they called him a glutton because he ate a sandwich. Well, they hadn't done that for me yet. But I guess it's coming. I don't know. You know, who knows? But God has been so good, you know, and I personally believe in the hundredfold. Amen. Now, you see, some people try to water that down. They call it maximum results. Now, you know, you'll get maximum results. Like if you sell a house, your house will sell more than most people on the street, but not a hundredfold. Maximum. But see, that's not what Jesus said. And I've learned something about Jesus. If you he said, I only say what my father says and I only do what my father says to do. Now, Ephesians 5, 1 says, be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So I only say what my father says, and I only do what my father says to do. So, so it doesn't make any difference what they say, but it makes all the difference of what God says. See what I'm saying? And so this is not my sermon, just a little hors d'oeuvre. So how many of you want to be blessed? Hold your hand up. Spiritual, physical, financial. You know, it's amazing to me how many people, they, get, they just, that money's bad. How come you have a hard time giving it away? If it's bad. It's amazing to me how people hold on to stuff that's bad. You know, if you eat something bad, you spit it out pretty quick, wouldn't you? See what I'm saying? So it's, you know, it's the love of money that's bad. You don't fall in love with anything other than God Almighty because he's first in everything. So thank you, Nikki, for saying that. I remember when she told me about that, and I thought, my Lord, let me just be a blessing to these kids. You know, they're not, you know, they're not kids anymore and everything, and they were just starting out. You know, and it's a blessing of the Lord. And now their, their sons are, and daughters are full grown and, and things of that nature. It's just, it's amazing that time doesn't wait for people. So we just keep going, praise the Lord. Come quickly, Joe. I brought some new stuff since I saw you last, and I really love my newest book. And it's, it's a number one bestseller. It's called The Hidden Help. I deal with angelic beings, uh, teaching on angelic beings, and my own personal experiences with angels. Some people say, I don't believe that. It doesn't make any difference. It's still the truth. Amen. An atheist told me that, that day, I don't believe in God. I said, that don't change it. Like I said, that changes it. But you're going to stand before him whether you believe it or not. I hope you can get this. This will shake you to your shoes. I even tell you about an angelic uh, visitation that I had that I totally missed it on. Totally, completely missed it on. See, I, I tell you my successes, and I also tell you my failures. I don't have a problem with any of that kind of stuff. I hope you can get it. You'll be blessed by it. Do you have this book, brother? No, well, you got it now. Praise right. Let me give Thank you that. You. You're welcome. You. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh, I love this book. I, you know why I love this book? It took me 30 years to write it. And I, I, it's, it's my Christmas book. It's called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And I love this book because I was walking in a mall, and I always shop on Christmas Eve. You know, I'm kind of like the movies. They go out shopping on Christmas Eve. You ever notice that in movies? And, uh, and the reason why, because most people got their stuff. So it's not as crowded and all that kind of stuff. And I love the Christmas trees and, and, you know, the lights and the songs. And I had a person get mad at me. I can't believe you, that you put up a Christmas tree. That's pagan. I said, shut up, man. 
Go cut down some other tree. I like a Christmas tree. You don't like it? Don't come to my house. <laughs> you know? I don't mean that to be rude. And I walk, and the Lord said, go home and write that book. Buddy, I just left them all right then there, and I wrote this. And it's about the characters that God used to get Jesus on the ground. Because Jesus would have never been born in Bethlehem. The prophecy would not have come to pass. You don't take a nine-month pregnant woman, put her on a donkey, and go 110 miles. She's not going to make it. And she'll probably kill you in the process. <laughs> Unless Caesar tells you to do it. Because if you don't, you kill you. God used Caesar Augustus to get Jesus to Bethlehem so that prophecy would be born. The unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. See, there are a lot of believers that won't do what God said, so God will get an unbeliever, and it's unconscious to them, yet they're doing the will of God to get God's work done. I talk about Mary in this book, not as a little virgin girl, but as a 15-year-old girl that had some strength, because if you got pregnant, you wouldn't marry them then days, they'd kill you. They would literally stone you. And Joseph thought about doing it, and Gabriel had to shut him down on that. Then I talk about the three wise men. Go 1,500 miles to say where is he who was born king of the Jews. Jerusalem is six miles from Bethlehem. Six miles. And they couldn't get one rabbi to go six miles. Isn't that amazing? I hope you can get this. This will shake you to your shoes. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And oh, you got people love that. I've had more preachers all over the world love this DVD. I preached on the two kinds of Christians. You know, the ones you like and the ones you don't. <laughs> you just thought about the ones you don't. Because <laughs> there's some people, they're not thorns, they're complete bushes, you know. And you, and you got to love them in prayer. And Paul had him. He said, Alexander the coppersmith, done me much harm. The Lord going to reward that boy. John, the revelator, he said, and them two guys, they're talking bad about me and my church and all this kind of stuff. See, if you're doing the will of God, people are going to talk bad about you. And most of the time, it's not the heathen, it's the Christian. It's a brand new DVD. It will bless you to two kinds of Christians. Which one are you? And it will bless you. Go back there, avail yourself to the book and resource table if you so desire. Stand to your feet one more time. Stretch a little bit. If you have to rub something, rub it quick. Get it over with. Praise God. I want to get into the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, you can be seated. I just want to make sure that the blood was flowing here. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to deal with something today that a lot of people don't realize or understand. I want to go to the book of Matthew chapter 6. The book of Matthew chapter 6, I titled this message, God's Cure for Satan's Infection. Now, I'm preaching this morning here at Only Believe, so I'm kind of put on my pastoral robes and things of that nature. Well, more, I'm more of an evangelist and, and, and walking the prophetic, but I'm just saying I, I want to deal with this today. And I want to deal the way you live. Now, if you're taking notes, write this simple statement down. Preaching should never supersede thought. It should make you think. Because if you're not thinking, something's wrong. I never forget, I walked into my partner care facilities at, at, at our ministry. I just walked in, and I did this, and didn't say a word. I have a lot of people that work for me, you know. Like I, so the supervisor comes and said, they all call me boss. Boss, can, uh, can we help you? You want something? I said, no, nothing. Real quiet like this. She said, what you doing? I said, I'm listening to the sounds of thinking. 
She said, what? I said, I'm listening to the sounds of thinking because whoever's not thinking in here is making mistakes. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You can always find out when a mistake is made because somebody didn't think of it. Didn't apply. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6. I want to start with verse 25. The Bible reads just as Jesus taught them. Therefore, anytime there's a therefore, find out what it's there for. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body that you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Go to verse 28. And why take ye thought? Notice the word thought. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Go to verse 31. Therefore take no thought saying, what you shall eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Go to verse 34. Take therefore no thought. So evidently Jesus is trying to tell us something about thoughts. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God's cure for Satan's infection. Go back to verse 31. Therefore, take no thoughts saying. How do you take thoughts when you say them? Once you say a thought, it becomes yours. See, if you don't say your thoughts, if you don't speak what you're thinking, your thoughts will abort themselves. They will die unborn. But the minute you say it, you become that. Have you ever got mad at your wife or mad at your husband, but you didn't say nothing? But you might be bawling inside about something. But the minute you say it, oh, hell hath no fury like a woman's gone. Why? Because you took it. Take no thought saying. So when Satan tries to put something on me and my thought process is that, are you feeling what I'm feeling? I don't say nothing about it. Why? Because the minute I say it, it becomes mine. And I don't, I don't want to have something I don't want. I had a man said, you know, it's amazing to me as how many people criticize you. You never get offended. I didn't say you couldn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, you can hurt my feelings like anybody, but you can never offend me. I don't care what you say about me. Why? Because I don't want to become you. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Don't take that thought. And when you take that thought, you take it by saying. And once you say something, that's why God said, believe, confess. Believe with your heart. Confess with your mouth. Jesus rose from the dead. See, you're taking those thought processes and making them you. But if Satan puts a thought in your mind, and he does that quite often to everyone, and when I get an ugly thought, I go, that's not my thoughts. My thoughts are lovely, just, good, report, and pure, and virtuous. I shall think on these things. Since you want to think, I'm going to think on it. Donald Trump said something one time I thought was one of the greatest statements I ever heard. He was talking to his daughter, Ivanka. He said, Ivanka, you're going to think anyway, so you might as well think big. 
And the more I thought about that, I said, that's correct. You're going to think anyway. So you might as well think, man, that came from President Trump. See what I'm saying? So he does say some good things. Thank you for that Holy Ghost grunt. I'm not trying to you know, endorse and all that. I'm just saying, you know, I listen to what people say. It says, take them to thoughts saying. So write this down if you're taking notes. If we don't take authority over our thoughts, some other power will. Let me say it again. If you don't take authority over our thoughts, some other power will. The power of the world, the power of the flesh, and the power of the devil. Once you say it, you become that. Now, I, see what people don't seem to understand about me. I come from a very sinful life when I got born again. I was raised on the streets of New Orleans with the La Cosa Nostra, with the mafia. You see, my grandfather, I know he buried people in the swamp. He said, somebody messed with us. That's what the Mississippi River's for. Alligators got to eat. Now, I am not kidding you. See, so I came up in that lifestyle. See what I'm saying? And I thought, man, yeah, we take care of our own business. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. It ain't personal. It's just been, oh, you can't be like that. <laughs> but that's just the way I was raised, see? See, and, and, and that's wrong way of being raised. Don't misunderstand me. But I began to realize, so, and now that I'm born again, I still have mafia friends. I eat with them. I go to lunch with them. They like me, and I'm glad they do. Because I'm letting my light shine. I pray for their grandkids. I've taken deathbed confessions as they die and got them into heaven before they, got, before they busted hell wide open. And I thought, Lord, why? I thought that was in my fore life before I was, why, why? He said, everybody needs Jesus like anybody else. See, so I just let my light so shine. But every once in a while, somebody will write something ugly about me or say something about me. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, the thought comes up in my mind. You know, I can take care of this. I can take up a kneecap or two. Because all I got to do is say something. And I mean, I've had the devil say, don't you want to do this? And my mind said, yeah. But I said, I bind you. I don't take that thought by saying it. Now, sometimes they'll come up to me. Let me tell you, they mess with you. They mess with us. I die with you. And I'm thinking, oh, I could use this guy today. <laughs> you know, in my mind. But I don't say it. Because then you become what you say. That's what I'm talking about. If you don't take authority over your thoughts, some other power will. The power of the world, the power of the flesh, the power of the devil. Now, what does thoughts do? Write this down. Thoughts determine the person. You are what you say. Thoughts determine the person. Thoughts awaken feelings. Inflame passions, subdue the will, and command attention. Let me say it again. Thoughts determine the person. Thoughts awaken feelings. Boy, I mean, it inflames passion. Ooh, man. It subdues the will, and it commands attention. That's how Papa, that's why he said, take no thought, say it. That's why I named this God's cure for Satan's infection. So I just don't say it. I've had many opportunities to fail. I just don't take any. Why would I want to take something that's going to make me fail? I'm not moved by what I see. I don't deny what I see. I deny it's right to affect me. Now, how many have been watching me for years? Hold your hand up. Have you ever saw me sad, sick, depressed, discouraged, despondent, broke? <laughs> 
Why? Because you think I got more faith than you? No. It's just I didn't say those kind of thoughts. But then, because then you clothe yourself with something you don't want. Let me say it again. Thoughts determine the person. Thoughts awaken feelings and inflames passions. Subdue the will and command attention. It will command attention. You see, and I refuse to entertain thoughts out of harmony with Christ. Let me say that again. We must not entertain thoughts of harmony uh, out of harmony with Christ. This is called called thought control. Bible said, think on these things. So when I get a bad thought, I I say, that's not mine. I use thought control. Now, if I want something, then I say what the thought is. That by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not denying sickness. I'm not denying that I deny it's right. So I just say out loud, by his stripes, I am healed. I say to that mountain, I don't wait for God to talk to it. See, prayer moves men, men moves mountains. I say to that mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea and not doubt in my heart. Believe those things what I say, not what God says. What I say shall come to pass. I shall have whatsoever I say. Now, see, that's in red. When are we going to believe what's in red? When are we going to believe what Jesus said? See, that's called thought control. You see what I'm saying? Let me say it again. We must not entertain thoughts out of harmony with Christ. This is called thought control. So I refuse to give Satan a platform. And yet a lot of Christian people do. I think on these things. See, we must learn to lead our thoughts if they are to possess value. So I lead my thoughts to what I, that's valuable. Notice last night when I was flowing in the Holy Ghost, I started walking down the hall, I mean, down the hall, down the aisles, and I walked all the way to that back section back there. I, can, I can't see y'all because of these television lights in my All the way. Now, I flew 789 miles to get here. All right? And God took me down this path. How many were here last night? You saw me doing that, right? Walk all the way back to talk to a woman who I do not know, that I know of I've never seen before. Maybe I have, I just don't remember. And the Lord gave a word and it really ministered to her. Why? Now, how did you get that word of knowledge? You know how I got it? Thought. And the Lord said, now, say it. Well, supposing it's not right, but supposing it is. See, people always were worried about missing something. Missing what? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He didn't say, just believe my voice. He said, he know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. Do you realize how protected you are? A lot of people don't. Most people don't understand Christ. Right now, there's a big article going on about me. I I, I did a sermon two years ago on Christmas, and I got a big red bow on. Oh, he said he's God. I didn't say that. I said this, and I use Isaiah 9, 6, that the, that the government is on a council of wonderful God, principally on the, on the shoulders of Christ. But where does Jesus live? Christ where? In you. Not on you, not around you. In you, right? Right there. In you, the hope of glory. Did you ever see Jesus walk to the Senate and cast a vote? No. But the Bible said the government's on his shoulders. But who goes cast a vote? His rep- our representatives, us. So if Christ is in us, then the government's on Christ and on you. Right. Who do you think you are? How much time you got? Because <laughs> I got to start in the beginning. God created heaven and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Lord said, mm-hmm, Lord, let's make Jesse. <laughs> let's make him in our image. How many of y'all want to know what God looks like? Hold your hand up. Look. 
He looks like me. He looks like you. You are his children. See, we must learn to lead our thoughts if they are to possess value. So I don't say what I have. Why would I do that? I already know that. Let me make somebody mad today. I say what I want. Because when you get what you want, you never think about need. I've said this here many times before. Kathy has told me many times, my wife, who I've been married over, over 52 years, she says, you never ask God for a need. Never. Never do. And she goes, why? I said, he said he'd supply all my need, Kathy. Did he say that? Yes. I said, do you believe that? She goes, yes. I said, no, you don't. Because your thoughts, you said thoughts, you said something, you said you was believing, but you're not. When he said he'd supply, how many need, brother? All. So I don't tell him what I need, because he's going to take care of that. I tell him what I want. Because when you get what you want, you destroy all you need. Need never comes into your mind. Let me make it so simple. Your kids don't think about milk and bread. They don't think about groceries. They bring their friends over to eat you out of a house and a home. Am I correct? Teenagers, I mean, they got empty legs. They just roll hamburgers down them. They just eat like a horse. They don't think about that. They don't tell you, Mom, I need a glass of milk. Or Mama, I need, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever they eat, you know. Why? Because they expect you to handle that. Right. They open that refrigerator and there's no food. What's your problem? <laughs> what's, your, what's wrong here? Yeah. But they don't mind telling you what they want. You know where they learn that from? Oh, I'm going to make somebody mad. God, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not. Is the Lord your shepherd? Is the Lord your shepherd? <laughs> then you shall not want. Why are you mad at me? Because I don't want nothing. Why are you mad at me? Because I'm not talking about need. It's a waste of spiritual energy. Because I know you're going to supply that. How many of you knew I was coming here today? How'd you know? How'd you know? You couldn't see me. You couldn't hear me. You couldn't touch me. You couldn't smell me. I was not in the rim of your five senses, but you believe. Pastor Nikki, Pastor Peter, all of a sudden, but Jesse, come in. And some of you drove a long way. Now, what would you have done if we'd have got up here and here you are and you go, uh, we'll make this enough. Brother Jesse ain't coming. I just want to see how many people come to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> or there'd be a crucifixion in the cornfields of Botkins, Ohio. No, you, you, you just believed. You may have told people, Brother Jesse, come to our church. You took the thought and you said it. Mm -hmm. We must learn to lead our thoughts if they are to possess value. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians is right past 1 Corinthians. For you people that don't read the Bible, you'd be surprised. That people, a lot of people don't read the Bible. They let the preacher read the Bible for them, you know. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and before I read this verse, I want to say this thought, uh, this actually this point. If we allow our minds to dwell foolishly, we will become useless people full of distresses. If we allow our minds to dwell foolishly, 
we will become useless people full of distresses. Yet 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we turn to it, verse 5, I love it, but I prefer, start with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Oh my God. Do you realize how big of a statement that is? Paul had no more problems anymore with his flesh. He said, I don't war after it. Then he said this, my God, for the weapons of our warfare, verse 4, are not carnal, but mighty through God. Well, my God. To the pulling down of strongholds. So what are you concerned about strongholds when your weapons are more powerful than the strong one? Well, how do you do that, Jesse? Verse 5, casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts us up against the knowledge of God. What's a high thing that exalts us up against the knowledge of God? Your children not being saved when the Bible said you got the promise of your family down to a thousand generations. Your body being sick when Jesus took your infirmity, bore your sickness, and by his stripes you were healed. Oh, well, man, don't have any money. You say to that mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast, and see not doubt in your heart. Believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say it. What things, things, soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive. These are high things that exalt us up against the knowledge of God. Let me say it again. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts us up against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every what? Thought to the obedience of Christ. You see, if we allow our minds to dwell foolishly, we will become useless people full of distress. That's why, I mean, I got people. Has anybody ever seen Flashpoint? Have you ever seen that on television? Okay, they want me to be on that a lot. You know, I, I told them I'd give them once a month. We'll see. Because I'm not really political. I, I vote in every election. Now, I'm an avid voter. I am an American. My God, I mean, you know, but I mean, I, I, you, know, I, you know, that's my political view. That's it. So people ask me, they say, well, what do you think about the Biden administration? I don't really think much about it at all. Amen. And I'm going to tell you why. And I said it last night. Because he ain't going to remember what he said, so why should I remember what he said? <laughs> oh, is that a shot? Huh? No, no, that's the truth. Somebody need to take that man home. I'm not against him. I'm telling you, he's got a problem. He's a very old 79 or 80 years old. He's having problems. But do you think people care? you think his family cares? They want that power. He needs help. I'm not saying he's a bad man. I don't know. I'm, I don't know what everybody says about him. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. That's neither here nor there. But I can tell when somebody's going, stumbling. You see what I'm saying? But you think people care about that? Uh-uh. They don't care if you die. That man, that one, that Senate uh, thing, yeah, what, what was it in, um, is it, was it in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania or something? And he had a stroke, and he, could, he can't think. You think they care? They don't care if he dies. Just get the seat. That's sad. Hmm. If we allow our minds to do it foolishly, we will become useless people full of distresses. See, the secret of possession is an inner one. If we seek after God, God's world will not fail us. Okay, let me give you a prime example. Take no thought, say it. When I first went into ministry, I preached my first message 47 years ago last week. I preached the first week of my message of January 1976. Okay. I got born again on Labor Day weekend, 1974. Uh, I was a young man. I was 24 and a half, almost going on 25 when that happened. To make a long story short, you know, I, I, I made up my mind 
And I had never, let me just say, I had never read the Bible. We were raised Catholic. We were told don't read the Bible, especially Catholic. Never read the Bible ever until after she was saved. I'll never forget when my mother came up to me, young man. She said, Jesse, would you like to get saved? I said, from what? I never heard that word saved. Saved? Would you like to be born again? I said, Daddy said, I was lucky I was born once. <laughs> I, if you've been raised Catholic, you didn't hear that. Back then, you heard this, a nomine patria fili, espiritu santi. Hail Mary, full of, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. No, she's saying it real fast because, you see, they gave you penance. You Protestants have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> We would go to confession and lie like a dog. Bless me, Father, if I have sinned <laughs> once. You lying dog, you've been sinning for centuries. But we would say it fast so I could get out with three Hail Marys and three Our Fathers. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How many of you went to confession? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. How many of you told the truth? <laughs> One. You told the truth? You must be a good person. <laughs> Oh, she didn't know. I, find, I, told, I told the priest one time the truth in confession. You know, he's on the other side of that little thing, you know. And, go, and there was silence. I thought he left the booth. I, I said, Father, are you still there? He said, you got to be kidding me. I said, you see that, Father? I called him Father. He was a Sicilian priest. I go, yeah, yeah, uh, see, I done depress you, man. He said, man, I'm going to have to give you a rosary. Oh, Jesus. A rosary. Now, if you don't know what a rosary is, you don't want to know. That's a lot of praying. <laughs> That's the last time I told the truth at confession. <laughs> it's true. I'm not lying. So I didn't know. So when I got born again, never read the Bible. As I told the people last night, most people say, start with the book of John. Well, I didn't know that. So I started with page one. That's how you read a book. Page one, right? In the beginning, God. I went, wow, God, huh? Created the heavens and the earth. Wow. And the earth was not forming void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And then I noticed something. And God said, and God saw, and God said, and God made, and God called, and God said, and God called, and God said, and God said, God made, and God saw, and God said, and God created, and God blessed, and God said, I think, God, he's saying a lot, ain't he? And then he got to me. He said, let us make man in our image, Ooh. after our likeness. Or well, let me make it personal. Let us make Jesse. Let's give him dominion over what? Fish of the sea, fowl of the air, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I thought, I got dominion over creeps. <laughs> Jesus. God. <laughs> hey, I got some power here. Never read it before. Accepted it. Got called to the ministry. You know what was the first thing they told me? Now, boy, 
That's how they talk to Sasha. We said, now, nah, boy, you better get ready. You're going to suffer, 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 suffer. <laughs> and I just looked at him. You're going to starve. You're going to... But I had studied Jesus' life. He never had a financial deficit. The teaching apostles did. The apostle John, the apostle Paul, the apostle James, the apostle Peter, the apostle Jude, they struggled with finances. Why? When Jesus said in Ephesians 5.1, be ye therefore imitators of God and dear children. So why would they suffer? And he didn't financially. Well, he was poor. When? When? Answer that. He had 12 full-time people on his staff. Some were married. He took care of them. When he sent them out, he didn't give them no money. When they came back, he said, did you lack anything? They said, none, Lord. He had 72 people that he sent out part-time, so he had 82 people that worked for the Jesus of Nazareth Evangelistic Association. He wore a seamless robe. You don't gamble for rags. You gamble to get something better than what you got. They wanted that robe. Wait a minute here. Somebody lying. And it isn't Jesus. But the Apostle Paul tells us perfectly. See, God couldn't bless the Apostle Paul. God tried to be a blessing. They said, uh, we want to bless you, Paul. Oh, no, no. I, I make tents. I work with my own hands. Well, that's nice and that's good. You should work. But he couldn't receive. Now, in the next epistle, he apologizes. He said, I did you a disservice. Ah. Oh. Because I did not receive from you. Now I receive from you all the things that Ephroditus gave me. I have all in full and I have bound. Jesus knew how to receive. Woman pulled an alabaster box. I mean, it was one year of man's salary in those days. Judas mad, Peter mad, James mad, John mad. Shouldn't that have been sold and given to the poor? You know what Jesus told him? Shut up! This is for me. Jesus was not a taker, but he definitely was a receiver. So when they said that, I said, yeah, but Jesus never had that problem. Now, he was persecuted, but financially, he didn't struggle. I said, so I'm not going to struggle. Oh, dumb, stupid kid. And in 47 years of preaching the gospel, I've never had a financial deficit. I haven't charged people. I don't, in all these years I've come, have I ever given y'all any expenses? How much money it costs to fly that jet? I don't know. That's not my job. Because he didn't ask me to pay for it, brother. He asked me to believe for it. Ma'am, I know how to believe. And I'm persuaded. You can't change my mind, do what you got to do. And in 47 years of full-time ministry, never had a financial deficit. When I fly overseas, oh, they can't get, hi, hi. How he's going to do this? He can, man, we can't. My God, we, we can't afford that. I said, did I ask you for anything? I'll receive an offering. And I don't care how big it is or how small it is. That has nothing to do with me. You see, how did you learn that? I didn't take that thought of poverty by saying it. Poverty's a curse. Hmm. Let me get to this next point. It is wisdom as well as duty. To be single-minded and constant. How do you do that? It's done by constant watchfulness. It is wisdom 
as well as duty to be single-minded and constant. This is done by constant watchfulness. So I'll watch over those things. So when a thought comes, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Sometime I try to tell Kathy, she goes, talk to the hand. I said, what you said? She said, call waiting. She shut me down. She just shut me down. Man, I go, okay, all right, whatever, you know. When she's ready, she's going to let loose, you know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff, man. I'm a, I'll tell you one of my weaknesses. I've always had a problem with affection. Because growing up as a boy, I was not allowed to cry. My sister could cry. My grandma could cry. My mama could cry. All my uh, female cousins could cry. Me and my brother, no. We men. If a truck ran over my legs at five years old, my grandfather and my dad said, put them bones back in your leg, boy. I ain't paying for them bones, you understand what I'm saying? Now get up more. We don't cry around here. That's a true story. So you learn to suppress. So that's why men have a problem with the three words, I love you. How many times have you looked at your husband and said, I love you? And he goes, me too. Hold your hands up, ladies. Let's be honest. I don't care if he's sitting next to you. Hold your hand up. <laughs> Look at some lady. Because you learn to suppress. I wasn't allowed to cry. I hugged my mother once in my life. Once. I was about six years old. You know what my grandfather did? And I backed away. He said, we're men here. That's weakness. You take care of your mom. Is that stupid? Is that the most ignorant thing you ever? But his generation was like that. My generation was like that. So Kathy, sometimes I'd always say, me too. Now she, you know how I told her I love her? I gave her something. That was my love language. Hey, here's, here's a ring. Uh, you know, buy something. She would prefer to me to just say it. So not too long ago, she said, do you ever tell God you love him? I said, he knows. <laughs> he knows. But I'm doing better. I'm getting a little softer in my old age. I'm 73 years old. You know, the other day I was watching a movie. I have a theater in my home. I was sitting there and the lights out. And it's something touched me in the movie. And I went, Ahh. And Kathy said, are you crying? I said, shut up, woman. I ain't talking to you. <laughs> Leave me alone, for God's sake. I did not want to take that thought. But I did. I said it. Kathy, I uh, she said, I understand you, but you need to learn more than that. I said, she says, so say it again. <laughs> Just say it again. Leroy Thompson, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's a fine, I, I love Leroy. He gets criticized all the time. I just love Leroy. We are very, very close friends. He's very affectionate. In fact, he's a little mushy. And, and he was, me and, and Kathy and Leroy and Carolyn, we celebrate our anniversaries together. I was married on June the 6th, 1970. Leroy and Carolyn was married on June the 5th, 1971. Now, Leroy's a couple of years older than I am, but I, I've been married one year long. Now, watch it. So we go on vacation together. So the, on his day, it's June the 5th, I said, your money's no good. I buy everything. You know, we go out to dinner. And, just, and then June the 6th, the next day, he suggested, your money's no good. I buy everything. I said, okay. So watch it. I didn't know he was going to do this. He helped me. I got, Leroy, if you're watching today, he, he really helped me on that. You know, but this affection stuff. So we're sitting at the restaurant. 
He said, I want to make a toast to Carol. Oh. Say, glass of water, you know. We do. He goes, Carol, you're the greatest woman I've ever seen. I love you with every fiber of being. And I'm looking at him and I said, What's the matter with the boy? He done lost his ever-loving mind. We in a restaurant here. Control yourself, Leroy. What's your problem? <laughs> I mean, mushy boy. And Carolyn just going. Yeah, yeah, women love all that stuff, you know. And, I, and Kathy's like this. <laughs> Looking at me. And I didn't say, so we toasted. I thought, he said, and we got back around. I said, what's the matter with you? You done lost your mind? He said, what? I said, what are you saying all that stuff for? He said, I meant that. I said, well, I know you did. Well, God, man, that's private. Don't say that. He said, well, tomorrow's your day. You got your speech ready? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. Oh, Lord, God. I couldn't sleep that night. I sweated all night long. Jesus, I can't have to say this. I can't say this. And, buddy, there's, there's Kathy. It's my night. <laughs> Leroy said, lift your glasses up. Jesse, get your speech ready. <laughs> I couldn't say it. I said, Kathy, listen. I said, look, it makes me sweat right now when I think about it. <laughs> Making me sweat, man. I couldn't say it. Is that stupid? Because I never took the thought to say it. So I said, Kathy, hey, listen, uh, you want another diamond? <laughs> How about some pearls? You like some pearls? <laughs> what do you, what do you? She said, uh-uh. I ain't letting you off the hook. Let's go. Say it. Yes. I couldn't. She knew it. I was struggling. And Leroy said, we're going to work on you. Every time he sees me. Now, this has been years. You got your speech ready? Oh, man, Leroy, for God's sake. But I finally gave the speech about three years ago. They all went like they went now. I said, now, Carol. I did it like, like Leroy. Carlsa. <laughs> and they all were shocked. And Leroy looked at me and goes. I said, Whew. And I, I'm still sweating. <laughs> I think about it. I mean, it, but when you've been taught all your life to suppress, it's very hard to release. Does any man know what I'm talking about in here? Would you hold your hand? And say, give, me, give me a break, guys. You know, you, you know what I'm, especially people my age, I may be older than you, but I'm just saying, it's just the way that is. Well, you eliminate evil influences by not permitting them to enter into your mind. See, the reason why I couldn't do that because I allowed evil influences to enter into my mind. I didn't think of it like that, but that was exactly what was happening. You see, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I hope you don't mind me taking a little time. I just want to, 2 Timothy is right past 1 Timothy. <laughs> chapter 1. And I love verse 13. Most people read verse 7. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. I love that too. But I love verse 13 of 2 Timothy chapter 1. It says, hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast. You see, sound words, what do they do? They neutralize false thoughts. 
Write that down. Sound words neutralize false thoughts. They protest against error. Sound words will protest against error. That's why Kathy said, you've got to say this, because you're in error. She's a protester. See, sound words neutralize false thoughts. They protest against error. And then sound words must be coveted, because upon this depends the helpfulness of life. You are what you say you are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Leroy Thompson tells me all the time, so how can you have a hard time saying I love you? My God, man, the whole world seems to love you. I know your ministry more. People love you. And you say, I love you. I say, but it's different. There's a difference between loving somebody, in my opinion, and being in love with somebody. That, that, that's a big guff there, as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, I mean, I love Nikki. I love Phyllis. And I even love Peter. But I'm in love with Kathy. In love with Jody, my daughter. In love with my granddaughter. Good God, man. I have one daughter, one granddaughter. I have a very small family, five of us. Me, Kathy, Jody, Meredith, Margot. It's her name, Meredith Margot Walker. I call her Eminem. And Jay, my son-in-law, five of us. That's it. Most of my family is in heaven. Gone. I don't have any more aunts. Well, I have one aunt living, and she's very close. You know, she's eighty something years old, and uh, and I pray for her, and she gets healed and gets gets blessed. Stay in there, Barbara. Come on, girl. Hallelujah. You're the only one left. Let me show you how private our family was. There was a big fight. I still don't know what it is between my mama and my grandfather. My mama was tough as a nail. I come from a line of strong women, brother. I mean, I ain't had a chance. I've been beat up bad. I need prayer. You understand? I had two more powerful grandmothers. One was four foot nine. The other was four foot eleven. If you stopped them, they didn't make one person. You know. But buddy, they controlled the place. My mother, strongest woman I think I ever met. In my who? My wife, strong. My daughter, strong. My granddaughter's right. I'm the only man in there. Y'all not just getting beat up bad. See what I'm saying? Just strong women. So I don't have a problem working for a woman because she happened to be the boss. Daddy wasn't the boss. Mama made daddy think he was the boss. And he was dumb enough to believe it. I couldn't get over that. You just, women control the world. You know it. It's the truth. You want me to prove it to you? Go to a mall today. You're going to walk into women's shoes, women's clothes, women's perfume. Right? Where's the men's section? It's back on the left-hand side by the bathrooms. Because they know men ain't got no money. They belong to that woman. See, she knows what she control it. Just the way it is. But that's okay. <laughs> Sound words must be coveted because upon this depends the helpfulness of life. So I've been totally controlled. And that's okay. I don't have any problem with that. Because I told Kathy, I said, if you follow me, I'll take care of you. And I have done that. I said, you don't never have to worry about nothing. We started out, man, we didn't, we didn't have nothing. I was raised very poor. I ain't ashamed of that. My mom and dad did the best they could. But I made up my mind, I ain't going to be poor no more. Amen. You know what I got for Christmas? Orange. <laughs> Apple. Piece of candy. I was glad I got it. That's all we had. I never had a cake. For a birthday, 
my grandmother made sweet cornbread. She didn't call it hot chocolate, she called it cocoa. Oh, that was just something. Let me show you what poverty do. I became very, very wealthy as a young man in the rock world. I wanted to buy my grandmother a dress, a suit. I don't think she ever wore anything over $5. She made her clothes, you know. Women could sew back there, boy. I mean, they just, you know, just did it. So I went and bought a, what they call a Nolan Miller suit. It was about 800 bucks. Six or 800, I think it was 800. So I said, Grandma, come on with me. I said, I'm, I said, you like this suit? Oh, grandson, oh, oh. I said, I want to buy you that. She said, what's the price? I said, you don't even know the price. No, 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 I ain't going to. Oh, she's trying to look at the price. Nick, I wouldn't let her do it. I said, just put it on, Grandma. Just put it on. She looked like a million bucks. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, that's just too much money. I said, you don't know how much it is. Just put it. She put it on one time when she tried it on. She took it off. She said, oh, I can't wear that. I'm going to wear that when I die. <laughs> they buried her in that suit. She wouldn't wear it. That's what poverty will do you. I'm her grandson just trying to be a blessing to her. I said, no, will I ever do that again? So I just worked. I'm a worker. You know, and, and, and I've seen how poverty destroys people when it's a curse. Jesus was poor. No, he never was. Well, Mary and Joseph were poor. No, they wasn't because they paid taxes. People that were poor didn't pay taxes. He had a business, a carpenter business. He, did a good, he had a good living wage. I mean, why don't we read the Bible and understand it? So you hold fast to the form of sound words. But I told Jody and I tell Meredith when, they, uh, when Jody was, I said, money don't make you who you are. You can be a nasty individual, terrible, being poor or being rich. Money don't make you who you are. I said, you never look down on a person because of what they have. Or even look up at a person what they got. You just love people for who they are. You see what I'm saying? When you understand that, you got to learn to control that thought, see. Take no thought saying. Sound words exhibit the truth in a constant light to the world. You know what it shows? Spiritual stability. Hold fast the form of sound words. Sound words exhibit the truth in constant light to the world. It shows spiritual stability. So I decided that I would hold fast to the form of sound words, that I wouldn't have financial deficits. Even though sometimes they stole my offering and I ran out of gas driving home and I had to hitchhike. I never said a word. Yet, but, sir, by the time I got home, I mean, I met people I never met in my life. Come up to me and say, I don't know who you are, young man. But the Lord told me, I said, who told you? Lord said, and they would give me $400. That was a lot of money back in 1976. Yeah. Ton of money, boy. And when I get home, I'd have more than enough. Every time. I had a lady one time, she invited me to preach, and she gave me $10 to eat for a week. And she said, if you go to, Mac, if you go to Popeye's Chicken and you buy a Coke, they'll give you a free biscuit. Because you have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The only time I endured hardness was when Christians made it hard. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Listen to me. But not God. God would take care of me. He would help me. So I kept my word sound. How did you do that? But take no thought saying. When the thought was wrong, I wouldn't say it. When the thought was right, I would say it. 
which showed spiritual stability. Let me close with this. Sound words deliver you from restlessness and stop you from saying thoughts you don't want. It's called simplification of life. My life is pretty simple. Sound words deliver you from restlessness and stop you from saying thoughts you don't want. It's called simplification of life. Just simplification. So I said, you know what? I, I, I'm just going to believe what Jesus said, no matter what anybody says. I mean, I don't know it all, but I know Jesus and he does. And I know he won't lie to me like some will, so I just made up my mind. So I made a statement back in 1976. Lord, if you call me to preach, I'll never charge people. I'll never give them expenses. Now, before that, I was a very wealthy young man. I was a rocker. I was on the rock world. I worked on the same circuit as Alice Cooper, Led Zeppelin, Grand Funk, the Doobie Brothers, Ah, Joe Cocker. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Young people going, (laughs) huh? So it's nothing to make a million bucks in the night, fill up a stadium. And money was the most disappointing thing in my life. Raised very poor. Wasn't ashamed of that. Boy, but at 22 years old, brother, I am knocking it down. And I told my wife. She wasn't saved then, neither was I. I didn't know nothing about no salvation. I said, I'll come, I'm not happy. I could buy anything I wanted, young man. Why am I not happy? See, I needed God, but I didn't know that. I never thought of God as a person. We weren't allowed to talk to God. We talked to the priests. Now, you Protestants, y'all might be able to talk to God, but not us Catholics. You talk to the priest. He talked to God. Am I telling the truth? If you've been, you know what I'm saying? If you raise, today they do it a lot. The charismatic movement has really changed the Catholic Church in a lot of great and wonderful ways. And you can pray and talk to God. They have worship service. It's great. They believe almost exactly the same thing as you do as a Pentecostal. Casting out devils, they believe in healing, everything. Only thing that they do that you don't do is they pray to saints. If you want to look at the differences, they're actually closer to you than Baptists are. Baptists don't believe in healing until you get sick enough. All of a sudden, somebody that believes in healing becomes very popular. Because you don't want to die. See, so when I understood this, I said, oh, I'm not going to do that. Now, I receive offerings, but they don't go to my expenses. Because I don't know how much they are. Because he didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. So people all the time, they write our office, how do we get Brother Jesse to come? You know what my evangelism uh, staff says? Ask him. Send a letter, send a, what do you call it, email or something. You know, I don't even carry a cell phone. One time I said something I shouldn't have said not too long ago. Kathy tells me, she says, you need to carry that cell phone. What happens if I need to talk to you? I said, uh, call the pilots. They know where I'm at. Oh, Jesus. I should have kept that thought to myself. <laughs> I should have kept that thought. What? 
like a little piece. Not that I don't love to talk to people. I know I would hurt people's feelings because I wouldn't be able to answer all the calls or what do you call them, emails or texts and things. I prefer to talk to individuals than text. I've seen people sitting in the same car texting each other, and they could have said something to each other. <laughs> that just blows my socks off. I love technology. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm into all that kind of stuff. But I've kept that promise. And I'm a blessed man. And God said, they're going to they're gonna come at you with everything they got. I have a beautiful home. You ought to see it. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? Nikki, you've been to my house. I got a home that'll knock your socks off and put them back on you. <laughs> and you know what the Lord told me about? I'm not bragging. I know people say, he bragged. No, no, I ain't bragging. The Lord said, I'm going to use that house to provoke people. Oh. I said, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. They can't see you, but they can see me. He said, did I tell you to build it? I said, yes, you did. Did I tell you no limits? I said, yes, you did. He said, you got a problem with that? I said, no, I don't. I just smiled. You know what I love about black people? It's the white ones that give me problems. White people stop it. Black people are totally different. They drive by the house. Hey, brother Jesse, build it bigger, man. Woo! How does it feel to live in something like that? Make me want to start leaning, man, to walk with my lean. Hey, how you doing, baby? <laughs> they love it. Oh, white people. <laughs> Jealousy and envy. What you going to do when you get to heaven? Good God Almighty. What you going to do? And you're from Botkins. And you're looking for a trailer. <laughs> Uh-oh. And I believe in trailers. I was raised in trailers, brother. I am trailer trash. You know what I'm saying? He used to call you trailer trash. You live in trailers. When he said, in my father's house, are many what? <laughs> His will be done where? 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 How come you ain't living in a mansion? You want to write an article? Write that. How come you're not? When he says his will be done where? Where? Is it in red? When we gonna believe this? And it's not showing off. You gotta live somewhere. Nothing wrong with living in a mansion if that's what you want. I mean, I don't know. But you know what? I don't look down on people that don't have a mansion or look up at people who have one. I just like people. But some people just can't handle that. You think Jesus is going to say, I'm going to have to pull the gold up in front of your house to put gravel because I know you're not into that. No, you're going to walk on gold whether you like it or not. Well, God wasn't materialistic. He wasn't. Huh? Diamonds, beryl, jasper, onyx, ruby, pearly gates, gold streets, mansions. What you think? Now, he ain't in love with it. He's in love with you. He ain't showing off or bragging. He just likes nice things. How come you can't like nice things? Because the church won't let you. 
They call you greedy. When it's not greed, it's growth. People are never satisfied with what they got. White women want curly hair. Black women want straight hair. Now we got hair all kind of colors. That's fine with me. You like you, I like you. I don't care if you fat. I don't care if you skinny. I don't care. That ain't none of my business. You like you, I like you. That's just like God. You see, take no thought. How do you do that? Say it. Only say what God says. Did you enjoy it this morning? Give Jesus a hand clap for that. What a blessing. Just a minute, we're going to receive an offering. I only believe you've been so kind to me all these years to receive an offering to our ministry. Let me just say, in all these years, and I've been coming, I think, 36 or 37 years, everything you've ever given, I place it in God's work. I am taken care of. Look at me, everybody. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to get ridiculed for that. You look at him, one blessed puppy here. I have to watch what I say because I get it. And I'm superior to that power instead of driven by it. God trusts me. He's blessed me. I'm going to ask you to give today. And let me tell you how I'm going to ask you to give. Because I'm going to tell you where it's going. I told the people last night. Now, before you do anything, make it out to only believe. Don't make it out to me. They'll issue us one check. Listen to me. Kathy asked me not too long ago. She said, Justin, do you know how many people speak the language of Spanish in the world? Like as if I know that. I said, no. She said, 575 million people. She said, we want to touch them. We want to turn everything over in our ministry into Spanish, all the books, everything, good Spanish. I didn't know there was such a thing as bad Spanish. I don't know, you know, those kind of things. She said, we need some money. We need $250,000. We need it right now. So I gave them, I cut them a check for $250,000. She said, that's just the beginning. I said, okay, because it costs a lot of money. See, I wish it didn't. You know, if it didn't cost money to preach the gospel, I'd never receive an offering. It costs money. It just does. It costs money for you to come here today. You had to burn some gasoline. Right? Just the way it is. You know, it's called life. If you don't mind, what you give today, I'm going to put it toward the Spanish-speaking people of the world. Don't get mad at me when you get to heaven. Be a bunch of Latino people singing, Feliz Navidad. I mean, in your front yard and all that kind of stuff. We're touching them. And I mean, I got people from Venezuela calling now. They said, Man, we didn't put the all. They said, my God, we never heard preaching like this before. And helping us. You give me $1,000, I touch 1,000 Spanish-speaking people. You give me a dollar, I'll do it. You give me 50 cents, I'll get a kid say Spanish-speaking. Half <laughs> one of them. 100% of it's going to that. I'll take care of the expenses. Actually, people don't even realize and know this. When I fly that plane... Guess who pays for that? Not my ministry. Me. I am not a broke man. Little lady, I am one blessed puppy. I've had women come up to me and say, I would love to be your daughter. (laughs) I said, I seen your daughter. Oh, God, I love blessing my daughter. I love blessing my granddaughter. I love blessing my wife. That's my love language. But Leroy Thompson is teaching me. 
Got your speech ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you to do your best. Don't give me anything that belongs to this church. You won't hear too many traveling speakers say that. God's not going to hurt Peter and Phyllis and Randy and Nikki to bless Jesse the planets. Uh-uh. It's an honor to be asked to stand behind this pulpit. But I'm not lazy with your seat. How many of you get my part in the letter? Anybody here? Yeah, look at that. Boy, our new theme is, if you keep the faith, everything is yours. And that's exactly what we do. If you're writing a check out or however you do your business, I don't know, you use PayPal, I don't know what y'all do, whatever, I'm going to ask you to do that so I can t- touch these people. And right now, I got people right now working 24-7 in the Spanish departments. Social media, anybody watch our boardroom chats or Faith to Facts? You like those things? Gloriously. Boy, we, we get at each other, me and Kathy, don't we? I mean, I nail her to the wall, she nailed me to the wall. We don't, we, we don't edit it. I said, you get mad at me on camera, it's going to the people, woman. Control yourself. <laughs> and vice versa. I said something I should have said the other day. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I just made a joke, but she didn't think it's funny. She said, you know, I was born a preemie. And Kathy has five sisters and one brother. All of them were premature, premies. Kathy weighed two pounds. I said, boy, that show has changed, hasn't it, Kathy? <laughs> oh, Lord. She goes... And I can see it in her face. I'm going to kill you today. <laughs> You're going to know when you go home to be with Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to put a hatchet in your head. <laughs> you know, I'm just making it. I said, it's funny. It's funny. It ain't funny. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm glad this is not going to my house today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So are y'all going to bring these buckets out like y'all normally do, sir? Come on. I really like their, their offering buckets. They shiny, man. Silver-looking buckets, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to get up. And, that's how you do that, Nikki? Have them come forward. That's how they do that? Praise the Lord. You put one right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to give to our ministry, and if you don't want to, you don't have to. If you want to, you can. I am a tither. How else you put God first? Well, we don't have to pray tithe. You don't have to get saved neither. You don't have to do nothing. You do what you want to do. God gave you free will, but as far as me and my house, we're going to tithe. Me and my house, we're going to believe in healing. Me and my house, we're going to love people that hate us. So get out of your seat and come right now quickly and give toward Spanish-speaking peoples of the world. And I'm going to get them saved. For every dollar given, I'm going to get a Spanish-speaking people person saved. I will not be lazy with your seed. The hundredfold anointing is on me. Are you ready to receive? You believe in hundredfold, not maximum results? Hundredfold. You deserve it. You have a right to it. That's what Jesus said. How you doing, sir? God bless you. Some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. Thank you, sir. I'll read that in a few minutes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. How are you doing, Pop? 85. You were watching me this morning? Come on, Jesus. Oh. Yes, put your hand right there. Hundredfold, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, sweetheart. Come on, people. Just keep praising God, ministering to the Lord. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that. Hundredfold. Come on, you deserve it. You have a right to it. Why not? Praise the Lord. What a blessing of God. Ooh. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young man. I appreciate that. Praise the Lord. What a blessing of God. I'll see you in Oh, okay. Oh, you're coming. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going to be there. 
I'm going to preach for Jonathan Shuttlesworth up there in Cor Cor Coriopolis. I call it Pittsburgh. I don't know what it is. What a blessing of the Lord. Thank you. Isn't that nice, brother? They ain't got to do that. They do it because they want to. That's just, that's just a miracle to me. Would you please stand to your feet? I know I've preached a little longer. It's 1154. We had to give time for the Baptist to eat a little bit. <laughs> so when you leave, you don't run them over. Praise God. Let the Holy One of Israel save you today if you're not saved. Let him help you. He'll never lie to you. He'll never forsake you. God, I wish I'd have got saved earlier, but I didn't. I didn't know how to explain it, sir, when the Lord touched my life. <laughs> I got saved watching Billy Graham on television in a hotel room in Boston, and I went into this bathroom where I gave the Lord. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, know, I didn't know how to pray a salvation prayer. You know what my salvation prayer was, brother? Kathy just loves it. In the bathroom, I didn't know, believe with your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus rose from the dead, you would be saved. For with the man, with the heart, man believe in the righteousness. You know, you know what I said? Uh, whatever Billy said. That was my prayer of salvation. Boom! I got born again. God accepted it because it came from a pure heart. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that scripture. Whatever Billy said. Had to go do a rock show. You got to understand how I looked. Head on here. It was dark brown those days. Embroidered jeans. I weighed 139 pounds. My leg weighs 139 pounds. Now, I was a skinny, heavy rocker boy. Embroidered tie-dye t-shirt. Levi jacket. Oh, here we come. Girls screaming. Girls screaming. And young people, that's your grandma doing that. <laughs> your grandma. Ah! Oh, and I mean. I can remember the song. Feeling getting drunk. A little slide in the family stone. I was supposed to say, feeling getting stronger. I didn't say that. I went, everybody in this place is going to hell. <laughs> That's what I said. And the drummer said, you got, you got some bad dope. He's tripping, man. He grabbed me, man. He passed up. And I thought, what did I say? I was born again. I was talking to them last night. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. We had a little lunch upstairs. And Nikki's kids, tell, tell, tell us some of this stuff, man, Jesse. I said, you mean, I don't want, oh, they're just interested in that. I very seldom ever go on. I don't take vacations. I, I will not be lazy with you. See, but I finally went on a little cruise for four nights and three days or three days and four nights, whatever it is. I play 11 instruments. I can play all this. Except the horns. I can't play horns. And Kathy said, why don't you go somewhere? Let's do, do something. I said, okay. So I went with some of the church people, about 30 of us. It's nice. 
So I'm walking like this down that corridor of that ship. That's a big boat, boy. Good Lord. I said, man, this thing is nice. And I see this piano. I don't like pianos. And he says, do not touch the piano. But I looked to see what kind it was. Because, you know, I have Bosendorfer, Bosendorfer from Vienna Piano. I got some beautiful pianos. Stuff like that. And this man, I get, he worked for the cruise. He said, uh, what you doing? But it was locked, you know. I said, no. I said, I'm not, he said, not supposed to. I said, I'm not touching. I just want to see what kind of piano it was. He said, you play piano? I'm kind of cocky. I said, well, you have to judge that. Yeah. He takes his key out and he unlocks it. <laughs> play me something. I thought to myself, this is an idiot. <laughs> and he works for the cruise line. So I sat down. Now, but from me to those four gentlemen right there was the casino with the doors closed. I said, what do you want to hear? What, 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 you know any Bill Withers? He's a black guy. You know any Bill? And no sunshine when she's got home. I know, 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 I know. I start playing. Nah, 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 nah. The casino doors open up. Here come the black people. Ooh, ooh Lord. And no sunshine. Sunshine when she's gone. I finished that one guy said, You know any Joe Cocker? Well, give me a ticket for an airplane. Nah, nah, nah. They come out the casino. All around me. The, the, what he, he's called a purser. I think that's what it, that guy, something like that. He said, my God, you can play. So the next day I'm walking around, people come, where are you playing tonight, man? I said, I, I, said, I ain't playing. I'm not playing. I'm not doing, oh, you got to play. You got to do it, man. Fine, you made me go back in time. And an elderly gentleman, real elderly, probably 90. You know, I left my heart in San Francisco. You know, and it's Sinatra. You know, I said, oh, yeah, I left my heart. In San Francisco, he goes, <laughs> his wife could barely walk. He said, let's dance, mama. <laughs> he could barely walk. And this is how they danced. They didn't, the feet didn't move. They didn't. <laughs> and I thought, good God. The guy come up to me and said, you know any gospel? I said, what kind? The Jimmy Swagger kind. There's only one kind, Jimmy Swagger. I said, you know, he had a first cousin named Jerry Lee Lewis, another cousin named Mickey Gilly. I said, you ever notice the difference between their piano sounds? I said, you'd like to hear that? And I mean, I kicked that piano stool up. He going, you got to be saved to play like that. I said, I am saved. One guy said, I ain't saved, but I like that too. I tell you what. And Kathy said, Jesse, you can make a living anywhere. I said, yeah, I guess so. And then uh, it wasn't two weeks later, here come Phil Driscoll. Jesse, it's Phil. You're not playing anymore. You're not singing anymore. You're not, and you need to do that. That's a talent you have. I said, thank you, Phil. Go play the horn. <laughs> I'd rather preach. That was my life. I, can, I couldn't make a living, even today. But I'd rather make a life. So take the person's hand next to you. Father, I ask you to save people here today that need saving.
I ask you to heal people that need healing. You took their infirmity. They don't want it. You bore their sickness. They don't need it. Now, Peter and Phyllis are known for signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, let miracles take place. When a man gets in his car, his back won't hurt no more. Take care of that disc right now, Lord. Take the lump off that lady's breast, and when she gets home and does a breast exam, she won't find it. And put peace that passes all understanding in her heart. I don't care if cancer does run in her family. I bind it in Jesus' name because everything name has to bow at the name of Jesus. Speak healing to that lady. Kathy don't have that. My wife don't have that. Why should that lady have that? I speak healing, salvation. I declare and decree financial prosperity. I'm a blessed man, Lord. I've been out of debt since 1982. Get people out of debt in every fashion and form, personal as well as church, everything. Let 23 be the year of explosive blessing, spiritually, physically, and financially. You said two of us agree. Look how many people are agreeing, Lord. Look how many are agreeing because they love you. Thank you for saving people, healing people, touching people. Thank you for healing that lady. That lump will be gone. That man's back is taken care of. That hurt that came from the father and the mother to that lady, she's struggling with, been struggling with that all her life. Take it out and put love where that hatred is. And she has a right to hate him because it was so bad to her. But let the love of God come in and handle that. Lord, I thank you for it. I believe you for it. Lift your hands up right now, everyone, and accept what you need, desire, and want by God Almighty. I know it's late, but 12.03, but I'm finished in the next minute. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Fill people with the Holy Ghost that they've never had the Holy Ghost. Minister greatly to them, Lord, and I thank you for it. Now, with every fiber of your being, give Jesus a standing ovation because he certainly deserves it. It's been a high honor to be here today. I start my ministry off at Only Believe. Isn't that a good place to start? Only Believe. You don't have a good church. Here's a good one. I tell you, if I lived here, I'd come here. My God, man, you can speak in tongues. I just, I landed in Wapakoneta. My God, if you say that fast enough, that's speaking in tongues. Wapakoneta. Oh, my God, look at here. Wapakoneta. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for honoring me, Nikki. We believe in God for total restoration for Peter and Phyllis, that they'd be totally healed. I talked to him yesterday. <laughs> I said, you know, I, got, I almost said that, don't tell him. I said, you know, if you cough harder, you might grow some. I gave him a hard time, you know, because he's, he's, I love his pulpit. Look how tall I look. Ain't this wonderful? They're wonderful people. They're such a blessing. I took y'all with me one time to Hawaii. Remember that? We had such a wonderful time. I took Peter and Phyllis and Randy. Randy's a trip, buddy. You want to have fun, you take Randy Waters with you. He don't talk like he goes, how y'all doing, man? Hey, hey I have a man, He's real loud, you know. Yeah, Randy, we got it, we got it. <laughs> and and I, was, I was doing a bunch of preaching, and Peter says, I'm going with you. I said, no, you're not. I'm going to do this work. I want you to enjoy Hawaii. You're in Maui, I want you to enjoy Hawaii. I didn't let him go. And I walked up to him, gave him some money. I said, y'all go spend some money. We had a wonderful time. How much it cost? I don't know. 
my God, supplies. Going to be a lot of debt free going on this year. I hear it in my spirit. I heard like a chain went pow. I heard it in my spirit. It was a chain of debt. God breaking the link and the chain falls. It's unbelievable. It's impossible, but it's doable. I get back here next time. You'll say, I'm debt free. And I'm going to ask you to how. I don't know how. God just did it. Give Jesus a hand clap as our pastor comes. Thanks, Nick.